We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. That over foamed. That was the worst beer pour I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, this is a brand new glass that's not been washed. It has been washed. Has it? Yeah, I washed okay. them. Well, the outside still had some of the like the laser etching. Yeah, I washed them though. Okay. Adam Minahan here with David. First pour in a new glass. Sometimes that does happen. Ter- terrible beer pour by David. Juan on the It'll buttons. Right. We do not have Jim tonight. He bailed on us. He said he was tired. He's making a liar out of me because I said, Jim, we will not start until you get here. And he said, and he's go like, ahead. Yeah, go ahead, just start. And he's like, well, dang it, Jim. Like We actually do have to start. So please, uh, Jim, please come. He's not coming. So Our, our white chocolate porter is not here. The porter, yeah, it's not here. Yeah, that's such a good name for him. It, it is, is just, it is. oh, it's so good. And now he can't even do anything about it because he's not here. And each episode that we keep saying it, it just solidifies the name. Mm. So, do you guys know, Have you? do you know the YouTube sensation video, Chocolate Rain? Oh, yeah. Do you? Everybody does. That, that thing is like 14 it's, oh, years it's old. It's way old, yeah. I don't know how old. I don't know why. I just thought of that. Yeah, that's weird. Hey, so uh, the the drink that we're having this evening is brought to you by our good friend Leek Brisku. Brisku, sure. Brisku, Brisku, Brisku. We've met, we met him. He's, I'm he's not been Montenegrin. Okay, we met him and his is that wife. What it is? Montenegrin and is it, was it his brother or brother-in-law? It was his brother, who is a priest. He's like one of seven priests in the entire country of Montenegro. About a million people. I believe it was seven priests, and that includes a retired bishop and the current bishop. So there's like really five priests, priests who are like doing the, the job of for the million Catholics in the country of Montenegro. So he, he sent us... Pray for, pray for him. Pray for them. Yes. So he sent us this beer, though, and I'm so excited about it. Was it did he send a note? Is it because of uh, Maria Victoria? He sent it because, he, so two things. He, he sent it because, one, he he showed it on social media, and I was like, that looks delicious. Yeah. So he sent, he was like, I want to send you guys some, which okay. may God reward him for his charity. Indeed. And then two, he realized Juan's new baby girl was Maria Victoria, and the beer this evening is Our Lady of Victory Ale by Lake Effect Brewing Company. Shout out to them from Chicago. Uh, late, Our Lady of Victory was the is the oldest parish in the northwest side of Chicago, established in 1906, uh, with three different ethnic groups: the Irish, the Germans, and the Polish. This beer is brewed with that in mind, taking subtle elements from each nationality's signature brew to bring you this unique beer. So I wonder. I'm just curious because I also, wonder if it's a the portion o- of hold on a okay, portion yeah, of this going. beer will be donated to save Our Lady of Victory, Inc. They're going to actually donate some of the beer? Some of the, the profit, so the, the peop- portion the of pe- sales. the people there have something to drink? Maybe. A portion of this beer will be donated. 
We saved three sips. I, I don't want. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm keeping what's in yes. my can. I'm going to drink it. Also, but I'm curious oh. about this because it says the oldest parish on the far northwest side. Surely, the oldest parish in Chicago isn't 1906. Because no, otherwise uh, it would say that. Right. But I, at first, I thought it was saying the oldest parish in Chicago is on the far northwest side. No. You see what I'm saying? Right. And that it was because Holy Family here was built in 1905 or established in 1905. The current building that we have now was not built. I believe. Well, it was built years, ten, about 10 years later, but the parish goes back to 1905. So if you look here on, if you're looking on Facebook or YouTube, we just poured our beer into the new Catholic Man Show beer glasses. It's a beer can glass with the Catholic Man Show etched with lasers. Laser etched. Laser etched with lasers. With lasers. But it's a uh, it's a 16 ounce beer glass that we're about to we're about to have on sale. I like the 16 ounce beer glasses better than the ones we had before, which were 12 ounces, because because you can actually pour you can pour them. the whole the whole beer in without worried about it. It going over over unless over it's your flow. first time you've poured a beer into the into the or the, the glass. first time you've ever you you could just stop at first time you've poured a beer. It's better to have too much foam than not enough foam when you pour a beer. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass and cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So these glasses will be for sale here pretty soon if you are interested in one, but hmm. I think they're pretty awesome. It's got kind of a tanginess to it. Mm-hmm. 5.5% ABV. It I really like me, it. It reminds me of everything rhymes with the orange. Does it? It has a little bit of orange. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Dave. So this weekend was a crazy weekend for both of us. You were yes. you did the Catholic Age Encounters. Yes. And then Juan and I, along with a couple other guys, went on a retreat to Clear Creek Abbey. So I got to tell this hilarious story about Juan. So we... We've told this before, like at, when you're eating dinner or when you're eating lunch or whatever, everybody's sitting down, everybody's quiet. It's quiet, right. They're chanting this, the, uh, the, book. the book. By the way, they uh, are reading uh, Dr. Prudlow's book right now. Oh, really? Thomas Aquinas, which, Sweet. Is, which is really awesome. So Juan... He's coming to Tulsa. Right? He, he's in Tulsa. Yeah. He, he oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's here. He's at he, TU. He, yeah, he, he works right. for TU. So anyway, so Juan is closest to the abbot. So he is... The closest to the abbot, you know. That's a mistake. We, we <laughs> that wasn't my my choice. So Juan, you have to admit that that was a, that's, that was a that's mistake. You probably know, not the best for. Anybody. I got mo- so I started in the back and then I got moved up to the front. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. I got moved up close to Juan, right next to Juan. At the end, you know, so at the end of uh, lunch, they say their prayer, and then. The abbot gets up and he goes to Juan and he he holds his palms out close to Juan like this, okay. And Juan panics, not knowing what to do, and thinks for some reason the abbot is maybe like offering me the sign of peace, you know, because how they do like they the sign of peace, <laughs> you know, at, at the Clear Creek, you know, where they kind of they do this like, like it's like a, a, ha- hug, a half hug, a half hug, half, a little bit of a side hug, right? So Juan is like. Oh my gosh! This may be like some some kind of honor that he's giving me, the sign of peace at the end of lunch. It's so like one approaches the abbot to get to get the sign of peace, and the abbot goes and shoes him away. Like, no, it's time to get out of here. 
<laughs> Good work on humility that day. <laughs> and so that's what he was saying the whole he time. Was like, like, Come it's, on. it's time to go. It is time to leave. And and Juan like approaches the abbot and abbot was like, no, 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 no. It's time to go. No, you're. This is getting worse. Yeah. <laughs> we also talked to Father Brother Nesbit, uh, and we were. He was talking Naturally. about. He was talking about uh, going home to his hometown in Iowa, at, when his brother got married, and we were asking him like, you know, what was some of the things that were different for you, you know, coming, you know, coming from the abbey, cloistered abbey, yeah. and, and you go back to to normal life. He goes, well, I like I had to lay in my bed, and it was just like so comfortable it was really annoying <laughs> I, I, I i hate that I, it was like it was like too comfortable i couldn't sleep well and i realized wow um you know i like the the guest house the guest house is there the beds are very regular very very regular right that is putting it probably politely so I, I don't remember. I can sleep on anything. I can sleep on a rock. It is not. It is not a comfortable bed. But anyway, so Are I just thought like I don't remember. They're them. pretty uncomfortable. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. Are they just hard? I don't remember. Yeah, they're they're super hard. But anyway, some people like a hard just, mattress. It was just funny. And then he goes, and it was just so hot because you know they don't run AC or heat. Like I was trying to run the heater in my room. Yeah. And I kept turning it up, and nothing was happening. And yeah. so I realized I don't think that these are actually connected, but. It was probably sixty something, like fifty five, sixty degrees in the in the room. Yeah, which your body just you get used to. Gets used to. And you just keep your. But he was like, your, I, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even like use the blankets. It was so hot in this house. It's like seventy degrees. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious. By the way, I talked to Father ba- uh, Bachman as well, and he said we need to make sure we we talk to him very very soon about locking in the camp out. Okay. Because he's he said there was another Boy Scout group who's taking. Maybe the look. I ain't getting trumped by no Boy Scouts. You know why? We can, because I'm an adult. I'm a full grown man. <laughs> right. Okay, I can take at least three Boy Scouts at the same time. Right. So anyway, we need to reach out to him. Okay. Anyway, it was such a great weekend. It was a weekend full of prayer and quiet. reading I love and going silence. There quiet. And I'm, I and I love praying in the cold. I do too. That's something I do too. Because like, it keeps you. It keeps you focused. And it's just something real about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, this is just the way it is, and I'm here praying. Yeah, I sent a uh, a message out to to our patrons, like asking them, you know, what what we could what we could possibly pray for, and they sent a bunch of prayer requests back, which was awesome because I was able to be very specific in some prayers. Uh huh. But I think I read eight or nine hours in one day, like on a Saturday, which is I don't think I've ever done before. Wow. I don't think I've ever read eight or nine hours in a day. Yeah. That's a lot. It's a lot. Did your brain hurt? And no. That, I absolutely loved it. Really? Uh, See, I could have kept going. I think I, my eyes would hurt. But I also uh, swapped books. So I read a lot of Dante. So I'm uh-huh. ahead on our, on our book club. And then I also read uh, Orthodoxy. So I'm ahead of our, with our patrons because we have that book club. And then I finished Thomistic Common Sense, which is the book club that we're... We're finishing, and then I bought a book. I bought The Death of uh, Christian Culture by John Sr. I have The Restoration of Christian Culture, but I didn't yeah. have the, the Death of Christian Culture. And so I started reading that as well. So I like just kept moving around, like, you know, just. I mean, I just meant like physically. I think my eyes would hurt after it was, it was eight, awesome. eight or 10 hours of reading. It was great. Nice. I loved it. Well, it's great. Anyway, we'll be right back.
Hey guys, David Niles here. For those of you who don't know, for my day job, I'm a financial advisor, so I know firsthand how difficult investing can be. That's why I was so excited when we met Mark Lozano, founder and owner of Christ-Centered Capital. Mark's mission is to provide in-depth research and analysis on which companies and organizations align with Christian values and which ones don't. Of course, he's also seeking to provide investment recommendations and stock picks that have financial potential and are also aligned with Christian values. What I really love about what Mark is doing is that he's completely transparent about why a company might be a moral investment versus another one. He leaves it up to you so that you can make informed decisions. He's not just going to say, oh, this one's moral, this one's not. He'll give all of the reasons in the research that he's done with links to articles or whatever it may be, so that you can make the most informed decisions on your own investment portfolios. Because as Catholics, we have a duty to uphold Catholic values, and the same goes with our investments. So we want to be as virtuous as we can be, and Christ-Centered Capital is really invaluable. It's only $7 a month for you to go and sign up to get all of his recommendations and all of his research. To me, it's a no-brainer. If you're an investor and you want more information, go to ChristCenteredCapital.com, and make sure to use promo code TCMS. 2022 for one month of free access, no obligation. That's TCMS, The Catholic Man Show, TCMS 2022. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We got Juan Posada. We are Sands, our white chocolate porter today. Also, Juan's birthday was last week. Yes, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Juan. 33, Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Mm, I want to wish you a happy birthday. Feliz Mucho Navidad. Feliz Navi Mucho Dad. Gracias. Gracias. You can say that in Spanish. I give you permission. Thank you. Yeah. Navi Mucho Dad. (laughs) That's like if you want to emphasize the mucho. Which you always do. <laughs> Which you do. You yeah. always want to like if you if you don't it's bad poor choice. Don't, don't even use mucho. Poor choice. You're not going to emphasize the mucho. You Get say Navi mucho dad. Yeah. And you also you have to say it in the Spanish voice, right? right? It's yeah. obviously deep and low, yeah. kind of with an accent. Oh, now it's French. That was too yeah, French. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I just want to apologize for everybody. I'm so sorry. I want to apologize to French so, and Spanish speaking. Okay, people. so so just to. <laughs> Defending everybody. Welcome back to Celebrity Jeopardy. I'd like yeah. to apologize for what happened just before the commercials. I'd like to apologize to our blind people and children. <laughs> so, <laughs> all, all blind people and children. All of them. Okay. That's so, fine. just to uh, recap. So, I, Juan and I went on, the, on our... Uh, uh, on a retreat to Clear Creek. I just want to say... It's the annual Biddle retreat right. that he organized. Biddle, I wanted to go. I was excited to go. However, I couldn't go. Right, because you were on Catholic Age Encounters. Right. So last year we did this, and Father Maury, who I'm hoping we we get uh, as a guest on the Catholic Man Show, really great. he challenged us to offer up Wednesdays as a fasting day for our wives okay. and for our families. How do you do that? Well, I mean, that's... We, we, Oh, were you there last year? Yeah. Okay. But I've, well, that, I've been, that's when I've been doing it for like. No, because you weren't at the first retreat two years ago. You weren't there. That was like the first one David Biddle organized, and right. uh, that's when we started doing it. And I sent you an email, and saying, "Hey, we're doing this. Do you want in?" And you said that's yes. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's it's nice to come back, you know, and 
and like came back together and it's like this is where it all where it all right started. yeah like years of fasting right and we take it very seriously you know we do it together anyway so this week was just really crazy for for it turns out all of us who, who went on this retreat um even i think juan mentioned this as well like juan was there when we were talking with eric grayless and taylor barranco and david biddle and myself we were all talking about how just like off this week was, mm-hmm. right? Like it was off for me. It was off for, for a lot of people. Uh, David ended up having to leave because Carly got sick. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, and so he had to leave early. So anyway, it was just interesting how all of our weeks were very, it was a, a trying week for us leading up to this. And every time that I have gone on like some type of retreat or some kind of a spiritual in- weekend, that week just seems yeah. that it, it is like just if you're going to a, chaotic. Go on a Curcio retreat or an Axe retreat or, or axe something. Retreat, yeah, yeah. A Kairos, you, whatever it is. Something like, bad always happens that week like that would try to stop you from going. Yeah, and like... I, uh, it's, a, it's like a lot, of, weekend, it's a lot of physics almost. Yeah, Super Bowl weekend, I, I was by myself and I just had like... I was just off. Just spiritually, mentally. Like I was just... I'm not a depressing guy, but I was. I felt like almost de- like depressed yeah weirdly and uh i was trying to get out of it you know i was doing activities and praying and like trying to get out of this funk and i just couldn't and then finally it it, it subsided uh on on tuesday and then wednesday we had father bochanski and did Bishop. you take a hot bath and drink a glass of wine no i did not use uh thomas Aquinas's Aquinas, yeah. advice that would have been nice um because when exodus 90 right um, that was, it, that was a good, good, good test. You could take it. Oh, can you take a hot bath on Exodus 90? I don't think so. We'll have to consult uh, the, so, the FAQ. So anyway, so, uh, you know, we had Father Bochansky and Bishop, yeah. uh, on last week and we got here early. We got every, all the equipment set up. Everything was working great. They got here. The equipment was not working great. It took us 30 minutes to try to figure it out. It still didn't work. And then they left and I came back up and... It, it actually it worked just was fine. working, but yeah. It was just not completely. Like, we just couldn't fully. hear anything, yeah. Anyway, it just was a week full of um, a roller coaster of spiritual battles, I think. But I did not realize that that, that was the case until this weekend. Yeah, at the retreat. At the retreat. Well, you persevered. Way to go. Thank you. Yeah. That's, what I, th- that's really what I was hoping for. I was just needing your affirmation. You got it, bro. Thank you. So our uh, engage encounter. I just really love doing those retreats. It's just such a great weekend for Pamela and I. We get to spend for those who don't know what. Uh, so the ca- we do a Catholic engage encounter. Um, it's uh, part of the marriage preparation here in the diocese of Tulsa in Eastern Oklahoma. It's a whole weekend long. It's a long weekend. We start at uh, six on Friday and uh, p.m. p.m. We finish around ten p.m. on Friday. We start at eight fifteen Saturday morning. We finish around ten p.m. Saturday. We start at eight Sunday and we're done at noon. It's it's a long weekend, but uh, Pamela and I we give several talks along with another another couple, mm-hmm. um, and then you know the so it, it's just marriage preparation. The cup the engaged couples have time to like they separate, write about things, you know, different topics, come together and discuss them. It's it really is a very good marriage preparation. I think mm-hmm. it's not like the it, it's not start to finish marriage prep, but it's mm-hmm. like a really good start for. Preparing for marriage, but um, you know we have prayer service. <clears throat> I had the best confession of my entire life on Saturday. Who's, can, I, can I ask you the confessor? Yeah, was? it Does was. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, it was okay. Father Pratt. 
Okay. Um, he's I, he's a, he is a very good confessor. I think you know Father Pratt's. He's aw- very an awesome. Priest. He's very intentional. He we've, is a very awesome priest. We've had him on the show. We ha- we were. Yeah. It was one of our first live shows, actually. I think and, in Bartlesville and he, like, a long time ago. He like really uh, formed our thinking on fatherhood. Also, like, provide a sa- yeah, provide pr- protect establish. and establish right. Um, but he's very intentional. You can tell when he goes to confession, and it's part of his story that he told, like, "Oh yeah, early in my priesthood, in confession, it was like getting too robotic." You know, that was like, you know, oh yeah, you say this sin, I say this. You know, because you, you know, priests they hear the same sins over right. and over and over again. And then he read um, a book by Saint you know, Alphonsus Liguori, and like really, really like dove back into like the sacrament of confession think, as a confessor or as a as a priest i think more people need to read alphonsus Liguori. like yeah, he's the moral totally. doctor of the church uh yeah, he's really and great. he is not uh he has no ambiguity you know no. exactly where saint alphonsus stands totally. and that's why he's the moral doctor of the church because he very precisely says the truth and i've said this before my my brother-in-law father sean o'brien published his one of his greatest works in english he's the it wasn't in English, and he, you know, he, along with Father Pratt, studied in Rome, knew Italian, and so was able to read Liguori in the Italian, mm-hmm. and wanted to get this, oh, it's a book on confession, it's one of the reasons he's a doctor of the church, wanted to give it to some priest friends and realize, it's not in English. Nobody mm-hmm. is, and so yeah. he found some, like, doctorate uh, people who had translated it, like, back in the 80s, and couldn't they couldn't get anyone to publish it. And so Father Sean said, like, hey... You, I, I found this PDF. Uh, can I publish it? Like self-publish on Amazon? They're like, sure. And so he makes nothing off the book. I think he actually makes one. And he does get like a penny ever for every copy because you have to get something. Um, but he is officially the publisher of one of Alphonsus Liguori books in English. In English. I think it's, it's awesome. just it's incredible. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, Father Pratt. He's a great confessor. Like he he really very makes it very personal. Like he wants to hear you. And he's listening to you. So it's, it's, he is a good confessor. But I was sitting there in adoration, like, wait, you know, examining my conscience. And like, that's a real struggle for me sometimes. It's just I'm not very good at it. I need uh, examining my conscience. Like, well, I, you know, what did I do wrong? That's not, that's, I know that's not the right, that's not the bar. You know, it's not what did I do wrong? What can I do better, right? Where, the, where am I falling short of perfection? That's really what I should be what thinking I've done, about. What I have failed to do. The things I've failed to do, right. Um, and I want to be better. And when I'm like trying to do that, I just can't remember any. And it's like, if if I could remember something, I would love to go and dump it in just, the confessional. Just call me. Okay, next time I will. <laughs> but it was so it was I'm so just, great. Like this I'm time, joking, the Lord was the really putting it on my heart about how like all of the ingratitude I have towards Him, like all the times, mm. basically every time I approach uh, the communion line, non with a nonchalance. You know, that's like mm. was kind of the word. I'm nonchalant in prayer, even though I don't want to be, right? Mm-hmm. But I just, it's, I've kind of got, I'm a robotic, mm-hmm. you know, oh, it's just part of my habits. It's a routine mm-hmm. and I'm treating it as a routine instead of like, oh, every morning I'm going to encounter and be with him in mm-hmm. my prayer life, you know? And so like, I was able to bring that to confession. It, and then afterwards, I just had these just overwhelming consolations and it was just beautiful. Oh, it was, it was just incredible. Um, I love those moments. Dude, they were great. I, it's funny that 
we were at different places this weekend, but we both f- were filled yeah. with consolation. I, I also was just filled with con- So I was, I'm sitting there at, at Clear Creek. The guys who have been uh, at our uh, camp out know this. Like you, you go into the, the, the main church and on the right hand side is, is our mother, mm-hmm. right? It's a statue of our mother and there's like candles there and yeah. it's a glow. It's cold. And dark. It's in dark. And that, that the candle glow. Like, Perfect. T- Perfect prayer. It is just like, and it has the pray do right there in front. And so I'm just there, and I am just almost like feeling, uh, her 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 consolation, you know, her comforting me, yeah, and all these things that I was like struggling with. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that, uh, who who was it that told us recently about, uh, when you think about Jesus, think about him, like just, just smiling and just like being so overjoyed at, at your creation like he, how he created you who at the uh, name of your voice when he hears your voice you yeah. are so so happy yeah a lot of the mystics a lot that's yeah but somebody somebody just told us this uh i can't yeah remember. i don't remember either I, uh, I, anyway i apologize um anyway father I, brian o'brien is it father brian o'brien yeah. anyway father brian o'brien like maybe he told us this but i just had this like, sense of he created me and he loves me and yeah. and Anyway, joy. It was just it was the just joy incredible. that you bring to him. Yeah, it was just incredible. It was awesome, especially because I was just kind of self-deprecating all week long. So, right. Anyway. We'll be right back. Okay, guys. March second is Ash Wednesday, and that means over a billion people are going to start living different in some way. Maybe giving up chocolate or alcohol or whatever. For a lot of Catholics, Lent is a time of finding the easiest way to give something up. But at the end of those 40 days, did that sacrifice really make a difference? This year, there's a new opportunity out there specifically for men that will actually help you grow closer to God and become a better man. You've heard me talk about Exodus 90 probably several times, but let me tell you about Exodus Lent. It's a 40-day journey that will challenge you to dig a little deeper. If your first reaction is, bro, I'm absolutely not taking cold showers, well, then you're in luck, my friend. Men who take on the Exodus Lent get to take warm showers. They get to drink alcohol, and when you're with others, watch TV and sports. But don't be fooled. This will still be a challenging 40 days of preparation for living the Christian life for the rest of your life. Let me tell you how it works. First, over the 40 days of Lent, men commit to daily prayer, setting aside a minimum of 20 minutes to spend with the Lord. Each day includes a scripture reading and reflection written to help men better understand, grow in, and live virtue. Second, more than just giving up chocolate, men take up a range of disciplines and sacrifices for the season of Lent. Sweets, snacks, social media, all gone. Third, men commit to a fraternity of five to seven men. Each week, the fraternity meets to pray together, check in, hold each other accountable, and encourage one another. On Easter Sunday, you'll walk away with a new and lasting understanding of what it means to live the full Christian life. Chocolate bunnies and all, Sign up now at exoduslent.com slash TCMS, short for The Catholic Man Show. That's exoduslent.com slash TCMS. Welcome back to The Catholic Man Show. We're drinking Our Lady of Victory Ale I just want to give a shout out to Lake Effect Brewing Company. It's delicious. It's it's a great beer. It's a great name. I would love to support you more. 
Yeah, no kidding. Um, thank you to Leek for who is a patron and a friend of the show who sent this. He's been a patron for a long time. For a long time. Uh, we're grateful for Pray you, for Leek. I think he's still in the diaconate program. I believe he is. So As far as I know. So anyway, pray for him. We're, we're grateful to you. Okay, so this if you e- like deacons, maybe you don't like deacons. If you don't, then and then if you don't like deacons, just let it go. Then Saint Stephen, you know, if not you your don't guy. like deacons, by the way, you know, we, we haven't given a problems. shout out to uh, Saint Stephen recently. Yeah, we should do that to your death, Saint Stephen. To the death of Saint Stephen. Saint Stephen Hool. May the uh, the fourth glorious mystery ever be yours. Mm. Okay, so we're talking about principles of, uh, of the interior life. This is your topic this evening. Once again, so I'm coming back to this book, The Soul of the Apostolate. This has been a great book. It's amazing how you c- he's able to say basically the same thing over and over and over again, and it's still like, it stays good. I'm really glad that you're reading this because, again, I think we've said this the last time you, were, you pulled from this, but remember when I, I told you, yeah. I started reading this book and I go, dude, when you when you start reading this book, you just instantly realize this is going to be a phenomenal book. Yeah, it is a phenomenal book. And once again, basically, he says the same thing the whole time. That you need to, you need to put your priority on the interior life. Mm-hmm. That you need to have... Your focus should be on loving Jesus before doing good works. Mm-hmm. And... You'd think, okay, yeah, I get it. I don't need to read the whole book. You need, to, you just need to keep reading the book, because it gets still good and good, and like, it's just so insightful. Good and gooder. Good and gooder and goodest. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I would like to go over the principles of the interior life. The In fact, it's it's a little bit ironic, uh, don't you think? Is it a little too ironic? It's a little bit ironic. Is that the song? Anyway, today I, I, at the Catholic Engage Encounter, one thing we're trying to do is get like more um, presenting couples, specifically what we call a B couple. That's an, what we mean by that is an older hey, couple. Guess what? We have A couple. We're starting. To, we're, we're knocking on the B couple doors, dude. I know, I know, but uh, really, we're looking for empty nesters. Is what we're looking for. Uh, but I'm I, so far from that. But today, I took a picture of a with a Polaroid camera, and of one of these engaged couples. And I was shaking it, and I was like, hey, are you guys old enough to know who Outcast is? And they were like, who? No. Mm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Really? Like, lend me some sugar? I am your neighbor? Ah! You know, like, nothing. I was so mad. That's because you're old. Dude, I know. Anyway, um, but we were talking about, you know, bringing on new couples. And one thing is, like, our team for the Catholic Engaging Outer is really solid. Uh, we have everybody on there is very orthodox is in and in love with Jesus, okay? Um, and we, I, I really want to guard who it is we bring in to the team. I don't want to just bring in someone because they're available. And I made the comment, I was talking to Deacon Gary Beam about it, and I said, and I know I said this because I've been reading this book, and I, but I didn't like realize that until afterwards. I said, if you don't have a prayer life, then you shouldn't, then you shouldn't, have a ministry. You cannot be a part of a ministry if you don't have a prayer life. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like, oh, hey, I pray a rosary. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about if you don't have every single day time where you're just sitting down to to be with, you know, this silent contemplative prayer. Um, if, if you're not doing that, 
then you can't actually have a ministry. And it's, and I believe that f- firmly, that um, it, if you are, if you're involved in a ministry of some kind, and you're not every day spending time in contemplative prayer, then it, um, maybe you're not, maybe it's not pride because you don't realize that's what you're doing, but it is in fact an act of pride. You might not be doing it on purpose. You know, you might not be trying to be prideful, right? You know what I'm saying? That you're not going to be culpable for the pride, but it is a prideful act that if you think I am going to be capable of bringing Christ to other people when I'm not actually cultivating him within me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So anyway. But that's something that's a, a something that a lot of people don't even think about, mm-hmm. right? So they don't even think about that exactly. aspect. Yeah, exactly. Because not- there's a lot of people who are really good orators, like, you know, they're really good at just public speaking. Sure. They're, they're really good at, you know, being able to just think off the cuff or whatever, you yeah. know, so... They have gifts and they're, they're using them. They, right. right. Oh, absolutely. I'm, And that's why I want to make sure to emphasize I'm not placing blame on anybody or, you know, like... Because, yeah, people think, oh, hey, I have this gift. I'm involved in this ministry. Like, uh, this is gr- this is what I'm called to do. And and it is, actually. You are called to do that. If you have gifts, then you should be using them. However, first, first, you, you, you need rooted, to cultivate rooted. the interior life. Gotta exactly. Because if you don't, things will go poorly. Then yeah. then your efforts won't bear fruit. Right. Because it, it's Christ who actually causes the fruit, right? Mm-hmm. And so you need to have him first. So let's go over these principles. Okay. Have you, can, we, can we start with one? I would... Okay, I mean, sure. Okay. If you if that's what you want to do, yeah. I'd prefer it. Have you read, have you read these? I have not. Okay, good. Number one is, do not plunge headlong into Catholic action. And when he, he uses this term, action, or the act of life. He means, like, having a ministry of some kind. Okay. Do not plunge headlong into Catholic action from mere natural zest for activity... But consult God and make sure you're doing what you do under the inspiration of grace and with the moral certainty, with the moral certain guarantee that it is his will. That's, I think, a bold claim. Like, how do you have a moral certain, morally morally certain guarantee that it is his will? I mean, you have to have peace about it. There's if if you're wondering about that, go back and watch. Listen to the episode we did on discernment of spirits mm-hmm. um, about how to discern his will. That's really hard though because there's you know men in general are typically ambitious, and so yeah. when you catch fire, like when you when you catch you know the love for Christ, and you're like, okay, I'm ready. I want to be a disciple. I want to tell people about Christ. I want to tell you know I want to do this, and they're like, I, I'm going to start ministry so I can bring people closer to Christ. Yeah, and then you you realize, oh well. Maybe maybe that's not what I'm called to do, mm-hmm. because you you're not actually you don't have this prayer life you don't have yeah. you have you haven't stopped yeah uh, Saint Saint Francis de Sales talks about like this watchfulness over your prayer life this watchfulness over your men, your mental prayer life yeah. specifically mm-hmm. and he talks about how uh, okay what when you're in your mental when you're in mental prayer what's distracting you what do you keep thinking about like what what, what do you keep going back to naturally. Uh, okay, is that of God or is it not of God? Mm-hmm. Right, and so he talks about this idea of like this watchfulness over your mental prayer life, and what, and being and highlighting what are your faults and what are your strengths, and and how do you weed out your your faults and strengthen your strengths uh, to be able to uh, with certainty understand what God's will, mm-hmm. which is the very which is like 
this whole this guarantee of his will, right? Yeah, a morally. You can't, so it's not a absolute certainty. It's, no, no, it's, but it's a morally it's a, certain. So that means you you're not going to be culpable for, to the best of your abilities. You you can say I believe this, this is, is God's his, will. But right. but you can't do that without being watchful over your without sure. meditating upon even your prayer life. Like, well, you might be able to say you might be able to be morally certain, but how how in fact close are you going to be to accurately discerning his true will? Right. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. So, um, number two is, it is rash and dangerous to remain too long engaged in work, so heavy that it might make the soul incapable of performing the essential to the interior life. Huh. In such a case, all, but especially priests and religious, should apply even to the holiest of works, the text, pluck it out and cast it from thee. So, basically, even, even for the holiest of works, you're doing... All day long, I do the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. If it's not on the list, I don't do it. You know what I'm saying? No, there is. I, like I've been evangelizing the, uh, you know, atheists, and every person I talk to converts. No, forget about it. If if you're working so hard that you cannot perform the essentials of the interior life, cast aside all of the good works you're doing, to, just to focus on the. I mean, like you have to have the essentials. You have mm. to have that interior life. I was so proud of my daughter Elizabeth today. Um, at dinner, I said, "Elizabeth, what is more important, praying or serving the like serving the poor?" And she said, "Praying." And I was like, "Yes, nice." Hmm. So yeah, that's great. I was very proud of her because that's a tough question. That is a tough question. I also see this as people who, who take a ministry to a certain point, like people who start ministries, they take it to a certain point and then it kind of stalls or it, it, it doesn't move forward anymore. Like they take it as far as they possibly can. Yeah. And then there are some people who like continue to try to keep doing it um, and doesn't do very well. And a lot of times because it's stressed them, like it, it's, mm-hmm. it's at the breaking they're trying point. To, and sometimes they're trying to put too much of themselves in it. And in that's it. the problem. Right. And, and a lot and of times they need to put you, less you have of themselves. To put, you have to, sometimes you have to pass that baton, right? To be able to... Or simply, you know, you're, you're trying to do it yourself instead of letting God do the work. You know what I mean? You just be the instrument, but he, let, you know, he needs to do the work. Uh, number three... Let's let's talk. Let's do number three when we get back. Okay. Um, just because because it's a little bit long, but um, this is just very. I think that's a good example of what you just brought up. Uh, that people often will take their ministries that far. Um, you, I think you do see that a lot. That sometimes I, I worry that we do that with the, right, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, radio station. I, oh, I also I also have worried about that in the past. And and the, and often in the present. I have been I have been ardently praying that the Lord, if it, it be the Lord's will, that He put somebody in our place to carry on the Catholic radio station. Me too. If it be His will. If it's His will. God willing. Day is full. We'll be right back. I will keep doing it as long as He will. It- Have you ever wanted to go to Ireland and tour County Cork or have a beer in Dublin or see the Cliffs of Moher? 
Well, we are partnering up with Select International Tours, and we are planning a, a Ireland pilgrimage this year. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow, and we will keep you posted on everything that's going on. Uh, Ireland is one of the places that you are able to travel to, whether you have a vaccine, whether you don't have a vaccine. Uh, there's no quarantine. All you have to do is have a negative test within a couple days. So anyway, we're, tra- we're, we're planning a trip to Ireland. We would love to have you there. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash catholicmanshow. And let's have a beer together and cheers to Jesus in Ireland. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I am David Niles here with Adam Minahan. I am looking at your notes and realizing we have so much. And Juan Posada. (laughs) Okay, number three. (laughs) This is going to go on beyond the uh, format of the radio. So once again, you need like if you're not subscribed to our podcast, you're missing out on probably the best section of the whole show. (laughs) Right? Like, like if it would be like really like listen to just like the last fifteen minutes. That's probably all you need. Deacon Garlic one day, like, oh, we were talking, he goes, have you ever thought about, you know, just not doing the gear and just, like, getting into the topic and just not really doing all the other stuff? And then we're like, hey, Deacon, shut up. (laughs) I did not say that. You just be quiet. You know what you should do, Deacon? Start your own podcast. (laughs) How about that? I did not say that, Deacon. You know this. Arch, my Lord Archdeacon. I just love calling him that because actually he is the archdeacon. It's so great. I had it. I put him in my phone as archdeacon and showed him that one day at a meeting, and then he told me like, actually, technically, I am the archdeacon. I thought it was hilarious. I laughed about it on and on. Like later, I thought I about like, it again. Pamela, I'm gonna I laughed keep laughing. Some more. Anyway, okay. Number three. This one, boom. This this is this one is like where it's at. Number three. Draw up a schedule allotting to each activity a fixed time and get it approved by a wise and experienced priest of interior life and then do violence to yourself if necessary to keep it and control the flood of your activities. That's hyperbolic, I'm sure. Maybe not. You choose. (laughs) But the wisdom in this, I think, is is deep about having like this is i have a fixed schedule and the task might not be done but you stop so if you go and you listen to all these audiobooks on leadership or business ethics or you know all these like business guys who are talking about like how am i productive within my day they talk this is this is what they say every time in all these books they say uh, I don't I don't check my emails until a certain time period and then I check my emails and I do all the emails and then I stop you know at a certain time that I've already fixed and then I move on to the next thing and I mean he, they, they say exactly this they're just ripping off shatad yes it's like you know what that's plagiarism guys we do this all the time yeah we do it but it's every fine episode, for us it's okay every for episode us we do this this is oh by the way this is word for word from the book. Well, the things that we're reading today are actually directly from the soul of the apostolate. But so there's wisdom in that, right? So uh, if you're wanting to be productive, if you're if you're wanting to stay uh, focused and intentional with your mm-hmm. day, uh, plan out your day. And how many holy priests do you know, especially like going to bed? 
you know, it's like if they have a bedtime at nine o'clock and they're at your house at eight forty-five, no matter what, you know, like, hey, I uh, thank you so much. I have to go, you know, like because you know who's really great at this? Bishop Condola. Is he? He's phenomenal. Like he will be at a dinner party and it'll start getting it'll start getting late and he knows he has to get up in the morning to, to pray mass. Maybe in a small town, Oklahoma, yeah. that he has to drive to because Bishop Condola, uh, in his wisdom, he knows he he has to be a part of the people and he goes right. and sees every parish throughout the year, which is yeah. seventy seven of them. Yeah. And so he he's he's active across the eastern state of Oklahoma. He will uh, dismiss. He says he, he'll appreciate. He say I appreciate the the time, and he'll dismiss himself uh, when it gets to a certain point because he knows he yeah, has. To, he you has have. To, I mean, to, you have to do that. He has to guard his schedule. I mean, and just sticking to that schedule, it's it's tough because also you you enjoy it, right? You you're having it, right. You're here at the people's house. This is like you're having fun. Is, you're, you're having, having the a best fun time, time, right? And you have to say. This is a this is a good. My time for leisure has ended. Right, and uh, like out of out of love for Christ, I recognize and. But this is. A, but this I have is, other things that are important too. This is a. Uh, I don't. It's not just leisure until I'm like, until it's time, midnight. You know. This is like a command of appetites, though, right? You know, it is. this is like being able to guard. But if your you can, appetites. if you can do that, I think it will give you strength in other thing, in other Correct. appetites as well. It's number four for your own profit and for the profit of others. It is essential that you develop your interior life before all else. The busier you are, the more you need the interior life. And therefore, the more you ought to desire it, and the more you ought to take steps to prevent this desire from becoming one of those futile longings which the devil so often uses to drug souls and hold them fast in their illusions. Mm. So I heard uh, Father John Ricardo the other day talk about prayer and how, like, oh, you know, it's easy to... He said even in his own priesthood, like... He fell into this trap about I'm so busy. Oh, I'm gonna pray. Yeah, I want to pray. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. And then at the end of the night, you realize like Oh, I didn't I didn't pray. And it's it's you're exhausted and it's t- you have to go to bed because it's late. You have to get up early. And you realize and you say God, uh, I'm so sorry I didn't pray today. I was just so busy. I know you're a merciful God. I know you understand. And you go to bed. And then you do that every single night for like months and months. And you trick yourself into thinking that Oh, God, like that it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, but... I'm doing his work. I'm doing his... Like, I am so... Bi- like, what? when am I going to... Pr- you know what I mean? Right. And it's a it's a deception, and, like, that's what... The older I get, the more I realize the importance of getting up early. Early. And going... Yeah, exactly. Uh, and praying early, and then, like, getting your, your spiritual reading done early. Uh, your mind is the most focused and in the, in the, in the freshest in the morning, obviously. And yep. so... If you give Nothing's that happened time to distract you, right, right? If you give that time to our Lord mm-hmm. in prayer, and then you you use that time either for Lexio Divina or spiritual reading or whatever, you know, contemplation, contemplation, Medi- or even meditation. Um, that is more important than almost everything else you do in the day. I agree. Yeah, and I used to like oh try to arrange it so that my prayer time would happen like before the tabernacle. And I eventually stopped doing that because that meant I would be praying midday. Mm. And so like, oh, I wouldn't pray in the morning. I would say like my quick morning prayers, but I wouldn't have that meditation, you know, that time with mm-hmm. the Lord until midday. And I realized like, this is not good for me. I, I need to do it first thing, even if I don't do it. And even if that means I'm not praying in front of the tabernacle, mm-hmm. that's 
that's for me. Uh, ideally, that you would pray it, you know, in the presence of our Lord. But mm-hmm. um, it's I think better to pray in the morning than to than to put it off. So uh, w- when I interviewed uh, Father Calloway, which is available to our patrons, you weren't you weren't there. But when I talked to him a, a long time ago, oh, quite a, a while ago on the Rosary. No, no, no. Uh, no, I was talking to him about St. Joseph right before he brought uh, launched his book. I was talking to oh, okay. g- talking to him about this and he he mentioned that even if you are not uh in front of the tabernacle, he says act like you are in like so you know where the tabernacle is in the direction of your home. Like so if you're if you're let's just say your parish is east from your home. He says mm-hmm. genuflect towards that area. Yeah. Towards the tabernacle cuz like God God he's there. He's still. there. He's still there. And so, even if you can't uh, be in front of the tabernacle, you know, physically, great idea. Um, genuflect towards the tabernacle yeah. of wherever your your parish is Almost located. Almost like a spiritual communion, kind of. Except, I mean, it's not the same, right? But I mean, that's a great idea. Anyway, but I th- like this number four reminds me: everybody needs thirty minutes of prayer a day, except when you're busy. Then you need, need an, an hour. hour. Yeah. Right. Number five. If it happens by accident, and really as a result of God's will, that the soul is under great stress of work and finds it morally impossible to give more time to prayer, then what? There is a thermometer that never lies and always tells us whether we are truly fervent in spite of it all. Simply ask yourself if you really thirst for the interior life and if, with all goodwill, you seize every possible opportunity to perform at least its essential practices. If so... You may remain at peace, and you can count on very special graces. God holds them in reserve for you, and they will give you strength. They will give you the strength you need to continue your advance in the spiritual life. So, if there is, I mean, and there are certainly circumstances where, like, let's say you work two jobs, or let's say, you know, like. Actually, I think this applies to everybody. Because as St. Paul says, you should pray without ceasing. Okay, so uh, the spiritual fathers, even like St. Anthony uh, of the desert, you know, when he was talking about the Jesus prayer, and he's talking about mm-hmm. like continually like praying. I think though it, he's talking about specifically here like contemplative prayer. Right, so, but you but you're praying throughout the day because you desire contemplative prayer, right? You desire right. this union with God. You desire to continue. But going if you don't deeper. have time to like stop, kneel in quiet prayer, like if you don't have, if there's something about your life that fits, like morally, I can't. I just cannot. Then, what he's saying is that don't worry, be at peace. God will. God has graces right. in reserve for you. All the same, right? That you still can grow in the interior life because you have obligations. Um, number six, as long as the active worker has not reached, and this I think is kind of this really gets to the point you were just saying. As long as the active worker has not reached the point where he is habitually recollect, recollected and habitually dependent upon grace, a dependence and recollection recollection, which accompany him everywhere he goes, he is still not in a satisfactory state of the interior life. But in working for this necessary recollection, strain must absolutely be avoided. Do not strain for it. A simple habitual glance of the heart rather than of the mind is all that is necessary. This glance will be sure, accurate, penetrating, and will tell us clearly whether we are still under the influence of Jesus in the midst of our work. So this is kind of that, like, pray always, pray without ceasing, right? Mm. That if we're not, have that habitual recollection, you know, that that awareness, and this is, he's talking specifically as we're working 
in an apostolate, in a ministry, right? If, if it's not, if we have not reached that level where we're constantly aware that we're doing, we're working, you know, like Christ is present, he's present in the people I'm meeting, I'm serving him with everything I do, then we have not reached sufficient. But that glance of the heart, of instead of of the mind, look to him with love, instead of with just like, oh, a mental recognition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We've run out of time on the radio. If you uh, are listening right now on the radio, go to thecatholicmansion.com. You can listen to our full podcast there. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. Cheers. So practical suggestions. Yeah, so we actually made it through the six principles. Now we get to the practical suggestions, which I like even more. Um, do you have any questions about six? I didn't know what your thoughts were about it. Because it was kind of, it's kind of that pray without ceasing. To have that uh, habitual recollection. And if you're like habitually depending on his grace, you know, that's, that's a, that's what I would call being in a state of praying always. You know, if you're constantly in communication with him, like, Mm -hmm. you know, Lord, Every conversation I meet, I have, every person I talk to, I am depending on you. I because mm-hmm. like this, it's a first of all, it's very uh, humbling. Mm-hmm. You know, that's you're in a state of humility when you recognize I can't even especially t- when you recognize the humility. Yeah, when you recognize it, now you definitely have it. Right, but when you're saying all the church fathers, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's that's how it is. Yeah. Um, but if you're saying I can't even talk to somebody. Without your grace. You know, that is humility. And that's also, I think, a form of prayer, you know, where you're just recognizing and asking for his, de- you know, what you, yes? Correct. A- affirmation. I'm looking for affirmation. Dude, please affirm me. Dude, you are nailing it. Please. When it, when it comes to. Please clap. When it, when it comes to <laughs> quoting verbatim, Chatard. Yeah. Dude, I can, I can read. You're 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 awesome. Like words, I can say. You have great words. Thank you. Please clap. Do you remember that? That's hilarious. Anyway, practical suggestions. Numero uno. That means number one. Very good. Very good. Let the following conviction become deeply impressed upon your mind, namely. That a soul cannot lead an interior life without the schedule we have referred to, and without firm resolution to keep it all the time, especially where the rigorously fixed hour of rising is concerned. Yep. Right? Boom. This, we've talked about this before on the show. All, uh, I feel like you and I, though, both really in the last year and a half, two years, like... For me, it was two years ago, like, well, kind of not two years ago. After Exodus two years ago is when I, like, really started to, like, Mm -hmm. make this a part of my life, apart from just doing Exodus. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we both, though, are, like, have really come to an appreciation of this, Mm -hmm. like, kind of recently. I wasn't doing it before. Um, Yeah, not near as much. But we've talked about this before on the show, right, where... where we even have to set alarms on our phone so that we can remember to pray mm. and not allow yeah, ourselves... Yeah. And have that schedule. And not allow ourselves to get too busy to not pray. Yeah, because it's easy to do, get carried away, and you realize, oh, man, 
I missed the And thing. I still and to this day have that. Right. Because if you do have a set schedule and then you miss, you, you, oh, you get 30 minutes behind. Well, now are you going to push everything back 30 minutes? Because your right. schedule actually requires you to bed at a certain time. Right. And so something, right. So you need to stick to it. And the heroic minute, how important that is. The, the heroic, heroic minute. minute. Man, that's so hard. You know what's weird? That's actually easy for me. That's not something that's hard for me. Was it hard at the beginning? No. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's just not. It's uh, something that's just not hard for me. It's not like a virtue either. It's. Uh, I think it's just a physiological thing. I wake up and I'm up and let's go. I'm ready to like you know snap some necks and cash some cash some checks. First thing, in prayer. I'm just, when I pray, <laughs> that's what I'm doing. That's not true. It's, unless we're talking about being distracted, that's that's more me, that's more my style. Number two, these are the practical suggestions. Base your interior life on its absolutely necessary element. Number two, one. Morning mental prayer. So once again, he's talking about... This is something that I have not really uh, guarded well until very recently. Uh-huh. Uh, I I felt like I was actually... A, I had a very strong prayer life throughout the day. I still... I mean, I still do. Uh-huh. However, I did not feel like... Or I knew that I did not have a strong morning prayer life until very recently. Because uh-huh. uh, I... Oh, getting up early for me is not easy. It is not. It is a painful process. Then to get it's up. it's more meritorious. Um, Think about that. If, I mean, like the difference between you and me. It's easy for me to get up. It's not for you. At our judgment, if we're side by side, that would be cool. That would be super sweet. You're gonna get a lot more credit for getting up. There's a lot more things that you'll get credit for outside of that. But that would mean you're dating in a car accident too. Maybe not necessarily. At the same time, side by side. Not necessarily. Airplane accident. I, I'm I'm guessing it's more like uh, martyrdom. Oh, That'd be awesome, Lord yes. willing. Yes, Lord willing. Uh, but yeah, so uh, so I would always we're be coming, like, Saint Stephen. We're right behind. We're you. right behind you, bud. <laughs> uh, but I would always be like, uh, okay, I I have now got uh, you know I, I got to get up. I got to get ready. I got to get go. Got to get get out the door. And See, then you I also would... you like to sleep in until the absolute last minute. Correct. I like to get up an hour and a half before I have to leave. See, I thought like I remember you and told that, me. That. I, I, I like, get it. I that is a, a lot of people are like, well, that's stupid. Yeah. I don't. I just don't sleep very much. Right. Uh, but I would pay a lot of money to, to be, be able, that way. To be that way. You're gonna like the rest of this one though. Okay. Okay. So base your interior life on its absolutely necessary element. Morning mental prayer. I, I do think the the morning mental prayer is the foundation of your. I agree. Uh, of your interior I agree. life, and it wasn't until I started doing it that I realized mm-hmm. I I have been messing up. You just didn't know. I mean, that's like the way it is. You just don't know. Saint Teresa said that the person who is fully determined to make a half hour's mental prayer every morning, cost what it may, has already traveled half his journey. So even if you're just determined, right? Like, we're not talking about what does the quality of your mental prayer look like? Because mine's, mine's like probably in sham... It's, it's distraction after distraction. Then it's like getting centered again. 
maybe sometimes for like four seconds before I'm getting distracted again, I will get distracted about my distractions. I will, that happens to me routinely. I know that like the demons who are doing this to my brain just like think I'm, I'm like the, the they laugh, they laugh at laugh. me. That's exactly what I told Pamela just the other day. Cause like during our prayer at night, there's one part where I typically rem- realize, oh, and it's kind of in the same area. Oh man, I'm distracted. And the other day I was like, I wonder why I always get distracted right here. You know, as I'm continuing to pray, you know, I'm still saying the words of our prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, God, I always get, you know what? It's always right here. Isn't that funny? It's like the demons, it's like, oh, oh, you're moving back towards the middle, like focusing on, let's just keep going to the other side. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you're distracted again on something else. It's the worst. But St. Teresa saying, just <laughs> like uh, the one who is fully determined to do it has already traveled half his journey. Without mental prayer, the day will almost unavoidably be a tepid one. Number three, Mass, Holy Communion, and the recitation of the breviary are liturgical functions which offer inexhaustible resources to the interior life and are to be exploited with ever-increasing faith and fervor. Okay. I'm not very good at the the breviary. You know, I, I don't have to say it. Um, I get I, confused I, there's actually, and lost. I get confused times. and lost, and I, I I don't know if I've said this on the show. I think I have, but there's I have a couple, uh, particularly one experience that really put a bad taste in my mouth for it. Um, when I was new, mm-hmm. and someone laughed at me when I did something like the wrong thing, mm-hmm. and it made me so mad that I like never wanted to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, because also. It's totally illogical. They like there's not a real reason why you do things the way you do them and why it's laid out the way it's like, okay, well, if we're gonna say that again, why not put it again? Oh, because you're just supposed to know. You know what I mean? But the mass is kind of that way too. Mm-hmm. And I do that just fine. Anyway. I think Compline is a great first one to start because mm-hmm. it's short and it includes the examination of conscience. I do like Compline. So Compline is just, mm, it's one way to just tip your toes in there. Yeah. I would highly encourage that. And also morning prayer is is really not that hard. but That's the longest one, though. Is it? Yeah, morning prayer is the longest okay. one. Okay. Number four. The particular and general examinations of conscience should, like mental prayer and the liturgical life, help us to, help us to develop custody of the heart, in which watching... And praying, this is sort of like Saint uh, Saint uh, DeSales, about watching over your life, mm-hmm. right? So this uh, examination of, of conscience helps us develop custody of the heart in which watching and praying are combined. The soul that pays attention to what is going on inside itself and is sensitive to the presence of the Most Holy Trinity within it acquires an almost instinctive habit of turning to Jesus in every situation but especially when there appears to be some danger of being dissipated or weak. So, examining your conscience, mm-hmm. you learn, oh, this is when I'm weak. You know, and so, like, you have... You, this you, is what I was talking about at the very beginning of, uh, right. of this topic. Yeah. I should have waited till, the, till now, but okay. I didn't read this before. No, that, that's okay. Because, yeah, like, even the word watching is in mm-hmm. quotes. Mm-hmm. It's a quote. And I don't know that he's actually quoting anybody. Mm-hmm. 
He didn't say he was, but it's in quotes. Okay. Number, Number five. This leads to a need for incessant prayer by means of spiritual communion and ejaculatory prayers, which are so easy to one who wants to practice them, even in the thick of the most absorbing occupations and which offer themselves in such a pleasing variation appropriate to the particular needs of every present moment to the present situation, dangers, difficulties, weariness, deceptions, and so on. Okay. Number six. Devout study of sacred scripture, especially of the New Testament, ought to find a place each day or at least several times a week in the life of a priest. Okay, so that's... I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree. If you're a priest, you should be studying scripture every day or at least several times. Spiritual reading every afternoon is a daily duty which no generous soul will ever neglect. The mind needs to be brought face to face with supernatural truths, with the dogmas that generate piety, and with their moral consequences so easily forgotten. So, once again, I think like this is really primarily for priests, um, but I think that it's really a great thing to do for everybody. You know, regardless of whether you're a priest or not. Uh, well, you're the, you're a priest, as as a priest, prophet, and king. Right. Yeah, you're a common priest. So All a, of us are part of the common priesthood. Yeah. But the the truth is that uh, I know we talk about how busy priests are, um, but the truth is that a priest does have time in their schedule. Their schedule is such that they can do this. And most people, if you know, if you have a job, if you have a full-time job, you can't just like every afternoon tell your boss like, hey, you know what, for an hour, right in the middle of like the most productive part of the day, I'm just going to like step aside because I want to do some spiritual reading. Your boss is going to be like, how about you get back to work or you're fired? Father Nesbeth in this uh, last re- retreat, he gave a talk about um, Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina. See. Si. And he said, we at, at the monastery have four hours of Lecture Divina every day. And he quickly said, but for you guys, it's okay if it's 30 minutes or an hour. They do four hours of Lectio Divina? Well, That's really said, what he said? He, yeah. he, but it, they work up to it, right? So they, they talk, he talked about like how they actually start early and... Uh, for, with two hours of Lexio Divina, in an attempt to get to four hours by the time Lent starts. Like, yeah, we were talking about the difference between like the priest and the and, and the lady, and I just say as, as an example, Farnesbit said we do four hours, but he quickly said, but for you know the lady, at least thirty minutes, you know that's what well, you're going to shoot he for. He caveated the four hours with saying like they start with two, and again working up to four. During Lent. So they don't, do, the time, they don't do four all year long. No, they do not do four all year long. So even themselves, they have to build up to it. Correct. You have to flex that muscle, dude. So we, you like left, which is weird. What Thank you, you did. Did you have to go to the bathroom or something? Yeah. It's allowed. Uh, but you just like left. <laughs> so while you were gone, <laughs> we were just talking about how this says, like number six here, it says... Really, especially is in the life of a priest. Right. Um, I, I heard. Yeah. That it's not really, It's I think, I think it's applicable still to everybody, but not every day. Um, you know, if you're going to be making that schedule, 
then you should schedule in this. You should schedule in um, spiritual reading and the study of sacred scripture. Correct. It's just not going to be every day. Number seven. Uh, Thanks to this custody of heart, which will serve as its remote preparation, weekly confession will infallibly be imbued with sincere contrition, with true sorrow, and with an ever more loyal and more resolutely firm purpose of amendment. On the way to our uh, weekend, Mm -hmm. I was telling Juan how much I need to get back into every, every two weeks going to confession. Yeah. Uh, you know, for for a long time, I was going every two weeks, almost religiously. About every ten to fourteen days, I was going to confession. Nice. Um, and I have let that slip to. There was a time in my life where I went every single Sunday. But that nice. was that was no. It's because I needed that to was go. Bad. <laughs> oh, because Cause I had to go every single gotcha. Sunday. Otherwise, you couldn't receive. Like, gotcha. Yeah, because I needed. Right? Yeah, it was not all that good. It was okay. not good. Okay. Well, I would, I would go and like, and I have gotten in more into the you know four week time period, which is not. Uh, I mean, which is which is I go which every is month. Fine. I, I I should say, you know what? I don't go every month. I try to go every month, and it's like. But now I have, you know, and this is going to change for you very soon because Elizabeth is getting almost to the age now where she's going to be. Yeah, dude, we're like uh, calling Father Brian this week about that. Right. And so uh, once you have children About sacramental involved, prep. You and I right. know what we're talking about. Right. Maybe other people don't. Sacramental she's, prep. Right. She's six. She's about to be seven. Right. It's like sacramental but prep time. My, my two oldest are about to be confirmed in May. Nice. And uh, my uh, Jude is going to be receiving... Uh, you know, are going, they going to get confirmed at the same time? Yes. So Jude is going to go to uh, first reconciliation and first holy communion, and then I think the week after they're both getting confirmed. Wow. Um, and so there's a lot of prep involved there. Is this restored order? Is that what it is? Yes. Y- yes. Uh, I believe so. And I I think uh, Bishop Emeritus Slattery kind of uh, paved paved that way and then bishop condola continued that on um on he's been like awesome isn't that correct juan yes at holy family that's what we started doing at least at at, at holy family right casey thomas is in charge of that right and they've they've been doing the the restored order Mm -hmm. so yeah and so bishop condola has been like a rock star with confirmation Yes. He's like one of those priests or bishops you tell me when to be there and i'll be there right a lot of bishops are not that way uh, but when you have children um, that need to go to confession, uh, it it, it changes it changes the game, right? Because uh, hopefully, oh man, that that'll be great. Because I hopefully for you, like, would so love to go more. Uh, hopefully, you're in the state in your spiritual life where mortal sin is not something that you struggle with as much. Um, that is my th- state th- through the grace of God. That you know, if I if I committed a mortal sin, I would go immediately. Right, um, and. So when it's not as a parent that I need to go to confession, it's easier to... Is this a pun? Are you making a pun? No. You said it was a parent. Right. Because you're talking about being, being a, parent. a parent. Right. Um, it's very punny. Thank you. I know you like puns. I do like puns. It's one of the things I hate most about you, actually. <laughs> <laughs> if that is the thing that you hate most about yeah, me, that's not, pretty awesome. Not that many things. And right. It's <laughs> pretty like, great. That's what it is. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, if that is, you know, 
it's hard to to stay uh, ritualistic about going yeah. to confession if if you're not if it's not over like uh, I do see observant. that point. Yeah, like if you're if your kids need to, if I thought oh they need to go I definitely right and you know what there's a lot of times you don't know if your kids need to go or not so you just have to make it more of you, a point you just have to make it more of a point right I know because for me and Pamela well if she needs to go she will go right right um she she's an adult she doesn't need to wait for me right to say today we're going to confession right, right. um and I, th- it's the same for me and I and we try to go together and bring the kids mm-hmm. just so that they see us going, right? Sure. And, you know, like if you want to be a good dad, take your take your children to confession. Yes, exactly. We're trying to like lay the groundwork, but a lot of times, still, I'll go because I have the opportunity to go. Right. And I'm not going to pass up an opportunity to go to confession. Sure. If I haven't been in a month. Right. You know what I mean? So uh, that is, I'm glad to hear that though. That it will be more structured. I hope so. I mean, for you, like, I, I think I hope that, so. that sounds correct. That sounds like. It will be. There's more weight on your shoulders, right? Knowing that, like, you know, even if I don't have to go, there's a good chance that. Because in those situations, I actually will pass it up because I'm now going to like, no, it's not just me. I'm going to drive home and get everybody else and then bring them back, right? Which I wouldn't do now, if right. there's not a reason to do that. Yeah. So, custody of heart. That is like. Uh. That's like next level stuff is what, you know, that said, thanks to this custody of heart, which it's hearkening back to one of the other ones, uh, number four, which was talking about the particular and general examinations of conscience should, like mental prayer in the liturgical life, life help us develop custody of heart in the watching and the pre- where watching and praying are combined, right? So if this is like when I hear custody of heart, I always think of St. Joseph. I mentioned this just the other day that like this is one of St. Joseph's great virtues is that he had custody of heart where he reserved his affections for Christ alone. That even even for, he reserved his affections even from his appetites. No, mm. my affection is not for food. Right. It's not for wealth. He had an affection for poverty and of imitation of his son, Christ. You know, um, and so when I think about that, I always, I always think of our Heavenly Father uh, spiritual father, St. Joseph. Um, so anyway, the last one here, I also would like your comments on, Adam, because you just went on a retreat. The yearly retreat is very useful, but it is not enough. This says, and I also think that they're really he's really talking still to priests on this one, okay. but it says a monthly retreat taking an entire day or at least half of a day devoted to a serious effort to recover the equilibrium of the soul is almost indispensable to the active worker. So if I was going to take this to the lady, I would say a yearly retreat is necessary. But And I, I would also say a monthly and even a weekly retreat, so to speak, is necessary. But the retreat, I would say, is just a... Uh, a weekly meeting with men like uh, uh, gathering together with your friends mm-hmm. like we do on Friday Friday mornings sure. um, that I think would be suffice would suffice like what he's Maybe. saying here for, for a uh, so I forgot I was actually talking to Pamela about this at dinner tonight and it says here it says to recover the equilibrium of the soul is almost indispensable to the active worker so he that's one of the terms he uses a lot 
And I think really the way to think about this is if you are in full-time ministry, you're an active worker. Mm -hmm. So if you are, that's when he's talking about. If you are, your full-time job is ministry, then you need to be taking a monthly retreat. Sure. And I do do see that that is a different situation. Yeah, and and I think you could also take this... Yeah, I I agree. I could see that. I could see that. There is a counter argument that everyone is an like right. You know, and I I hear and I'm sympathetic to that argument. However, it's not the same. If you're a focused I missionary, I agree. Then, I agree with you. You know what I mean? Like but that's at, not the same as being a financial advisor, right? But as a, a baptized Catholic, you you are and all the time called to evangelize, right? All the time. And so I think that that's the importance of getting together on a weekly basis. Whether you know if if you don't have anybody around you. Locally, they need to get you know at least on a Zoom call or something with right. other men to 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 talk about uh, your week, to talk about like mm-hmm. your your strengths, your failures. You know, I think that's else. a good point. But that there is a like weekly or monthly retreat that's applicable to your state in life. Right. But I'll actually push back a little bit because I think we 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 underestimate how achievable it is to get a half a day of silence. In as much as like once a month, you could ask your wife, "Hey, I'm gonna get up early and I'm, uh, and I'll be back at two. You know, and I mean, that's and true. if you I mean, if you really true. have the time, and you just have to be intentional about it, yeah. and and take the time of of silence, of you know meditation, anything to get like he says, get equilibrium. We ca- we could do it. We it's just a matter of putting it in, in our schedule. That is true, and I do think that. It, it does come down to what are your priorities. And at our judgment, we're going to really regret. I know that I will. I'll regret the priorities for at this moment, the things that I choose right now, the things I'll choose tomorrow. I think at my judgment, I'll regret that, you know what, I had those things not in the right order. But because of my laziness, because of my uh, concupiscence, because of, you know, the the culture I live in and I have like imbibed and like bought into. I'm gonna choose them. I'm gonna choose those things, and maybe I shouldn't. I, I shouldn't. If if I regret them at my judgment, that means I shouldn't, right? Because right, you know they're not Christ's perfect will. But um, Juan, I think you're right. You could do it. It's actually not outside the realm of possibility, even for a. Um, regular person with a big family the, the half day the half day the right. full day we're probably pushing it but the, the half full day, day is definitely pushing it but the a monthly half day it's not pushing it it I, I mean it would be it would I don't want to say that the even the half day that's going to be a there's going to be a lot of sacrifices involved but you know Jesus is worth it so anyway this is a lot, but that's that's what they are. Uh, the Soul of the Apostolate is a book that you should read, especially if you're in, if you're an active worker, if you're engaged in a ministry. Then this is a book that you need to read. If you, if you haven't read it, mm-hmm. then you don't know what you're missing. I'm going to say this once again: that you cannot be in a ministry if you do not have an interior life. If you're not spending every single day. And you're not committed to every single day spending quiet time with our Lord, then um, you're deceiving yourself, mm-hmm. and you're 
And you're also doing a disservice to the ministry that you're involved in. Agreed. And even if you're not doing a ministry, you should be doing th- you, you should be doing any. It's it's actually a matter of justice to our Lord, like mm-hmm. and to yourself. Like, do you want to be a saint? Yes. Do you want to grow in virtue? Yes. Then you should. Then every day, contemplative prayer, Adam. You are a trooper on this episode. I just want to say thank you for sticking with it, except for that one time that you left to go to the bathroom <laughs> without telling me what you were doing or if you were ever coming back. <laughs> but in general, I think you did a great job <laughs> thank today. You. Appreciate it. I'm grateful for it. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. Hi, this is Bishop David Condorla of the Diocese of Tulsa in Oklahoma. So let us pray. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, Despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen.